Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord, everybody. Good morning. You can be seated for a moment. You ever come to come to church and you feel some sort of way? You just feel different. I feel different today. And I knew that I was going to because I knew studying this that I was going to feel different. So we're going to get through what we're going to get through this morning. Praise God. And whatever we get through is what I feel like God wants us to get through. And whatever we don't, well, if you want the notes, I will send them to you. And if you don't want the notes and you ain't worried about it, then I'll pray for you. (laughs) It's going to be all right. We're going to have a good day today, aren't we? I believe it. I believe that when God does something, when, when, you, when you feel a certain way, when you feel like God is moving a certain way or doing a certain thing, you just got to go with it. Because if not, then we're not being obedient. And the Bible tells me that obedience is better than sacrifice. So I can sacrifice everything I got in my life. I can give away my car and my house and all the things but if I'm not being obedient, if I'm not doing the stuff that I'm supposed to be doing, then that's not what God wants. So I want to give God what he wants. That's what, that's what I want. I want to give God what he wants. If I could have a couple of ushers come up, we're going to go ahead and take up our class offering real quick, and we're going to pray. If y'all will pray with me. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you, Heavenly Father, once again for the opportunity to come together in your house. God, I pray that you touch each and every service. God, touch every Sunday school class. Touch every teacher. God, touch every child. Touch our babies, Lord. Help them to learn more about you. God, bless this day. God, have your will in it. We love you, Lord, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you guys will go ahead and go out and take up the offering. We are in our new series. Last last week was our first piece of it. And we spoke about uh, the sufficiency of Jesus' sacrifice, didn't we? Does anybody remember that? I know it's been a long week. I had to look back. I'm not even playing. I had to look back at my notes. But we were talking about the sufficiency of Jesus' sacrifice. And we're going to look at the different pieces of the plan of salvation. Now, I know everybody in here probably. Yep, looks like everybody. You all know the plan of salvation, don't you? And that's why, I, that's why I fought with this. I was like, God, everybody that's there is going to know what we're talking about. Are we wasting time? Are we, are we filling? Are we putting filler in? No, we're not. We're not. We get, our, we get our mindset on some things, and we think, man, I've heard this so many times. I've just heard it and heard it and heard it. But it's not a waste of time. It's not. Because there's things, every time I read Scripture, and Lord knows I don't read it enough, but when I read things, God gives me new revelations of it. And he shows me things that I've never seen before. And when I start seeing new things, that draws me closer to God. And I want to be as close to God as I can get, especially today. Just in the day and age we're in, and, and this, is, this is truly important what we're going to go over. So we're going to go to Mark chapter 2, and we're going to read a few verses. 13 through 17, Mark 2, and we're going to start at verse 13. I'll get, I hear pages turning, so I love you all that bring your Bible. 
Mark 2, 13 through 17. It says, And he, Jesus, went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him. They all came to him. And he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi. It's Matthew, y'all. Jesus was a nicknamed guy. Just thank you, Jesus. And he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom and said, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. That's something right there. It's not what we're going to talk about. But if God tells you to do something, you better just get up and do it. Stop messing around. Stop waiting for confirmation. Get up and do it. And it came to pass that as Jesus said at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners said also together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? 17. When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated this morning. If you haven't figured it out yet, we're going to talk about repentance. Oh, Lord. Y'all wonder why I struggle with it. Repentance. Brother James, you got my pictures. You do? Can you put up the old one, like the old, old one? Yeah, that's it. That's the one we're looking for. Y'all remember Y'all remember that guy? The end of the world is nigh. Repent, sinner. There's two things that people think about. When if you've been in church and got out of church, or if you ain't really never been to church, but you just got a gist of it, you got a mental image of this dude on a street corner somewhere calling everybody sinners and telling them they're going to burn in hell if they don't repent. And then you got the dude at a basketball game holding up John 3.16. So it's either you're going to burn in hell or Jesus loves you. Are you confused? Oh, he loves you, but you're going to burn. You better figure it out. Those are the two things that people think about. Because either people, the church, church people either want to say how much God loves you because he does. Or they get to the point where they get so fed up with stuff. And they're like, you know what? If y'all ain't going to listen, guess what? You're just going to burn. That's where I'm at. Because I tried to tell you at the basketball game. I went and bought the expensive ticket. I did it. And I made the sign. I bought the poster. I put glitter on it. So it shined in the lights. You could see Jesus loves you. And he gave. God gave. And now you done made me mad. So I'm going to get my little boom box with my microphone and my sign. And I'm going to tell you you're going to burn if you don't repent. It's a mess. It's a mess, y'all. There's so much more in between it. They're true. Oh, God, they're both true, aren't they? They're both true things. But we go from one extreme to the other, and we don't want to live in the middle sometimes where it's like, well, yeah, God loves me, so I should probably do these things because he loves me, and then I won't have to worry about that guy, and I won't have to worry about that. I don't want to burn. Repentance is more than an I'm sorry. God help us. And honestly, it should it shouldn't be done out of guilt or shame. I don't I don't feel. The more that the more that I've studied this and I thought about it, 
we get into a mental state, we're going to get where we get. I keep got to tell myself that. I was, I was watching a video, okay? I was watching a YouTube video of people that were in Pentecostal, right? And they left because they were like, oh, those people are horrible. They had these rules. They had all this stuff. And they were like, I just, I just, I just couldn't do it. Every time I got into a place, the leadership was lying, and they were doing, uh, they would hold you to this standard, and they wouldn't hold to that standard. And we're going to get there because, oh, Jesus saw it too. Trust me. And they were doing all these things, and they were saying that, I don't want my kids in a place like that. Because any, everybody grow up in church pretty much. You remember hearing about the rapture when you were little? Oh, Jesus, he's coming back. Probably tonight. Probably when I'm sleeping, and then I did something stupid before I went to bed. I snuck out of the house. Oh, God. I snuck out of the house. I went to that one friend's house that I shouldn't really shouldn't be friends with, but I'm friends with anyway because we have fun. And you, I mean, that was on your mind. And now it's something where they're like, and I... And I get it. I think that we should, we should position it to our children in a right way, right? But also, we should be living our lives to where if God comes back and our children are following that, that we're going to say, no, baby, that's why we do the things we do. That's why we love God, and that's why we obey his commandments, and that's why we do all these things. Instead of it being, uh, can I get away with this until tomorrow? Should I wait and repent until tomorrow? And there's people, and I get it. Oh, God, I get it. Because I've been in church for so long. And I'm like, yes, I've seen these things. Yes, I've seen hypocrisy. Yes, I've seen people being mean and lying and all the, and doing it under a ruse of God. But I can't hold that in my heart. Because if I hold that in my heart, that's my problem at that point. That's something that I need to repent of. Not them. Yes, they need to repent of their own accord and for the things that they do. But whatever I'm holding in myself, that's what I got to repent of because it's between me and Jesus. It ain't between me, Jesus, and 15 other people. God knows where I'm at. He knows where my heart is. He knows if I love him and the reasons why I'm doing the things I'm doing, Right? It's not about what everybody else sees. And I know I sound like a broken record when I get up here and I say that it's not about the clothes and it's not about how well you can speak and it's not about the singing and it's not about all that, all that stuff that we associate with church and God. No, we do all of these things because we honor God and because we love God and because we want to feel the presence of God. It's for no other reasons. If we do these things just for the sake of doing them, because of what we're worried about, those 10 or 15 people that we want to impress or worried about, guess what? That would be something I need to repent of because I'm doing it for the wrong reason. We're going to get there, I promise. We should receive repentance now as more than ever as a gift. It's an opportunity. Oh, get this today. It's an opportunity to have a fresh start on something. Do you know the longer that I've lived in my life, you don't get too many fresh starts. You don't. The junk that you've done, the stuff that people don't forget your stuff. Oh, they may act like they do. They may act like it's something that, oh, it's under the blood. Yeah, you can say that, but I ain't going to forget. 
Oh, I forgive you, but I won't forget. You ever heard that one? You didn't, for, you didn't really forgive then, did you? You didn't, because if you're holding that thing, oh God, hear me this morning. If you're holding that thing in your heart against somebody, that's a wedge, that's enmity between you and God. We can view repentance as another chance instead of begging or groveling before God. It's more than an I'm sorry. It's an opportunity for you to be in communion with God. Because when we're not of a repented heart, it's not a bad thing. It's not, oh, they tell you to repent all the time or you're going to go to hell. Do you need to? That's really where it comes into play. Are we, am I where I should be with God? Am I really? And it's not something, if I got to worry about myself, then I need to take time and pray and see if I am. Because, again, that's between me and God. I'm going to give you all a tieism this morning. Is that all right? It's truths I've learned. Oh, Lord. From my near 42 years on this, on this earth. Jesus, I can't believe I'm old. My hip hurts. I woke up this morning. I was like, Jesus. I mowed yesterday and it was hot. I was like, oh God, I'm not built for this. I got a little, y'all been to my house. Y'all see my yard. I mowed that and I was dying. I was like, the humidity is 900%. Yeah, it was beautiful. If you ain't mowing at noon, I was like, sweet Jesus. I'm griping about when I hate winter. Y'all know, I hate winter. I love when it's warm. But I was out there, I was like, my God, I didn't even really need to mow. I just, something I've learned, no issue, hear me today, no issue or altercation is one-sided. Oh, it's not. If you got a problem with somebody, guess what? There's wrong on both sides. Always. There is never one fully innocent party. There never is. In anything you look at. And I will say that's something that I tell people all the time. I'm like, well, there's wrongs on both sides, but it depends on the reaction. It depends on who did, who had the greater wrong, because in your mind, it's always the other person that had the greater wrong, wasn't it? Oh, they did me dirty. And if you got a third party coming in and look at it, they go, mm-hmm. you better watch and look what you did. And I will say that uh, that's one of those things where I'm like, that's 100% of the time. If you got two people in the midst of an issue, there's typically wrong on both sides. But I've changed that a little bit because I'll say typically. It's not always the it, that's not always the case. And the only exception to that rule is with God. If it's you and another person, you got some wrong in it. I can almost guarantee you. It was either what you did or your reaction to what they did, so on and so on and so on. Right? But if it's something between you and God, you're wrong. Bless God. Welcome to Sunday school. You're wrong. If it's something between you and Jesus and you can't get it figured out, guess what? You're wrong in it, friend, because God ain't never wrong. He doesn't change. His word doesn't change. He's true. So if you got something between you and Jesus, you better start looking this way and figure out what it is. God is never wrong. 
John the Baptist. Oh, Lord. John the Baptist. Matthew 3 and 3. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. It's important to note two key words in Isaiah's prophecy. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight in a desert, a highway for our God. Those two words, Lord and God, pronouns identify Jesus as Yahweh and as Elohim. If you want a oneness message, there you go. Because that's what God was called previously. That's what God's name was. He wasn't no junior, wasn't no junior God. The first recorded word spoken by John the Baptist, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That the message of repentance was John's mission is reiterated in a ver- variety of ways in the Gospels. For instance, Luke wrote, John wrote. I'm not going to tell you all that wrote because they all wrote, right? It's become a joke. Can I just be real with you this morning? That has, that has become a joke. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You got my other ones, Bubba? Put up well, whichever one you want. That's Etsy. You can buy that on Etsy. It's one of them little funny figures. Repent. You got my other one? That's how I felt yesterday. I'm dying. I'm going to melt. Repent. Spring is nigh. They make Lego guys with the signs. I'm not playing. I looked it up. There's a little Lego dude with the, with the poster board on him that says repent. They put, they put cuss words in it now. Have you seen that? Yeah, you know the big cuss word? You know how we got variations of sin, right? Because every sin is different to us. It's not one of them little cuss words. It's a big cuss word. The biggest one for most people. The end is very nigh. It's become a joke to our world. And it's because it's either come at from a street corner where people are so mean and so rude and so harsh about it that you would never want to hear nothing from them. Or because people have baby-stepped around it and said, you probably better talk to God about that, honey. Can we live in the middle somewhere where we realize I don't got to be a jerk to you to tell you that there's, if there's something in your life, you need to make it right with God. But I also shouldn't avoid you or baby talk you. Hey, look, hey uh, you, better, you better work on that now. You better work, honey. Can we find some place in the middle where we just say, with, with, without malice in our hearts, let me, let, me talk to, let me sit down and talk to you. Because I'm not going to stand on a street, street corner and yell at you and get you to listen to me. And if I treat you like you're a little kid, you're going to think that I'm just, oh, he's, they're, they're simple, they're simple people. Let me sit down across from you at a table and say, let's figure out what's causing these things in your life. Why do you feel the way that you feel? When I get in, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing in my life. If I'm sitting at work, if I'm sitting down at my desk, and I'm like, man, I just feel off today. I pray. That's, the, that's instantly what I do. 
I'll sit down and say, God, what is it? What's, what's going on? The only other time I feel that way is like this morning when I was like, God, I don't know if people are going to accept this because of what the content is. Because we get to a place where, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't smoke no more. Or I don't drink no more. I don't, I don't cuss. I mean, not in front of people. Uh, I don't do none of those big sins, right? But we get stuff held in our heart. And look who Jesus, oh God, help me to get get through some of this today. Look at Jesus. Look who he was sitting with. Jesus was sitting with the smokers and the drinkers. He was sitting with those people that were cussing, using all the four-letter words. He was sitting with them because he said, these people need me. Oh, it's, it's not the big shots that already got this thing figured out. It's not the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It's not those guys that, that need me because, oh, y'all, y'all got it figured out. You say Jesus wasn't sarcastic because who needed him more? Somebody that realizes the dirt that they were standing in or somebody who over here who thought they was great? Well, bless God. I go to church every Wednesday and Sunday and I pay my tithes. Who's in a worse spot? Somebody who realizes that they're struggling and that they need to get out of whatever they're in. Or somebody who's trying to fool themselves and say, well, I, I, look, I look okay. I look good enough. I mean, I'll pass. I'll pass for a Christian. That's our country. Our country identifies as Christians, and y'all know the trash that's in our country. It's garbage. And they identify as Christians believing and living that life. I would much rather be openly in sin where I can say, God, I need your help, than to be in a place where I'm hiding junk. And I'm saying, well, God, I'm I'm good enough. I don't want to feel like that. I don't want to have that condemnation on me. Because that's what it is. It's not conviction, it's condemnation. The people that are in doing their thing or whatever that don't know, yes, they get convicted. The people that know and are still doing it, that's, they feel condemned because of it. Because you know better. When you know to do right and you do it not, to him it's sin. Oh, that scripture, over and over and over in my mind. That's why it's always worried me when I tell somebody about God, because I've just opened that to them. I've just, you just opened who God was to somebody. And if they reject it, guess what? They know now. And that worries me. If I tell tell somebody about God and everything that he did for them and what the plan of salvation is, and they go, eh, and they walk away, guess what? You now know. And because you know, you will be judged by that. You will be judged by what you know. And if you know it's right, and you don't do it, welcome to Sunday school. Matineo, translated repentance, refers to changing the one's one's way of life as the result of complete change of thought and attitude with regard to sin and righteousness. Since Scripture was not originally written in English, duh, it's necessary to capture not merely the English definition of the word, but also the way the word would have been understood, right? In English, a focal component of the word repent 
is sorrow or contrition that a person experiences because of sin, right? We feel bad. The emphasis in the Greek seems to be more specifically the total change, both in thought and behavior. It's not about feeling sorry. It's not about poor pity me, I messed up again. God, 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 help me. No, it's more about, oh, I now understand. Let me change my thought process on this thing and let me walk according to my new thought process. We can live so much in pity of stuff. That's, that video, that's those people. I'm living in pity because I see other people doing That's between them and God. Can I tell you? No, it's not right. No, it's not right. But you know what? They are not going to affect my salvation. And you know how long it takes you to get your mindset into a place where you say, I love you, but if you do something that goes against, I'm not going to let you affect whether I'm going to heaven or not. And I'm not going to let you affect my family. You're not going to tear my family apart, devil, because that's what it is. I'm not going to allow you to do it. You notice the Bible says, as for me in my house. That's been so much on my, on my mind and my heart, lady. As, as for me in my house. Yes, I can go out. Yes, God calls me to speak to people. He, he calls me to witness, right? But you know what? When it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, as for me, I have to make sure that I'm in the place where I need to be before I can help anybody. I have to be where I need to be because if I'm not, I'm going to mess stuff up for other people. But as for me, I'll fix, I'll check myself against God. And then once I get me fixed, my house, my family, my wife, my husband, my kids, if I don't teach my kids, if I don't love my kids, if I'm not there for my kids, somebody else is going to be. And I can tell you that they're probably, with the way our world is, they're not going to go off of the Bible for what, they want, what they're going to teach them and teach them how to live. They're not. I have to look out, and does that sound selfish? Yeah, it does. That's why I fought it for a lot. I was like, well, no, it's not. If you can't take care of your own home, how are you going to take care of anything else? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And then once I make sure that I got everything in place and everything's good and it's the way that it's supposed to be, then I'm going to start reaching out and trying to help other people. Because only once it's once my direct influence is where it needs to be, then can I be comfortable and be in the right place to reach out to others. It's amazing to think about the revelation that John had, isn't it? Both of who he was and who Jesus was. He realized, can you imagine in your mind being John the Baptist and going, yeah, Isaiah talked about me. That, that guy that's crying in the wilderness, that was me. He knew. He knew who it was. You know what he called Jesus? He said, he said it multiple times, behold the Lamb of God. The Lamb, you know what the, the implications of Lamb is, right? He knew the sacrifice that he had a revelation at the beginning of the thing. And he's out in the, in the wilderness, in the desert. He's in the crummy place that don't know, nobody else want to be at. He's there. And people are going to him. And his message is repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
people, if people knew we were talking about repent, I think it would be, I was worried about people leaving a little bit this morning. We're talking about repentance. He was out in the deserts preaching it. And people were traveling to him. Some of the apostles were there. I mean, granted, you, you have to think that they were probably traveling for one of the festivals or something. But it was like 70, I think it was, 70 miles or something like that back in the day that they would travel for those festivals. So it had to be somebody like you had to care enough to go, right? Because you knew there were people that didn't really care that much. They're like, I ain't walking those 70 miles. I'm just going to stay home. It's one of the small ones anyway. Nobody has really has fun at this one. We'll go to the next big one. But they were, they were invested enough so they could, they could take a small journey to the side to say, let's, let's go see what this John guy is. Let's go see what he's talking about. And when they got to it, it's, it struck these people's hearts because they were invested enough to see, because John was saying, repent. Because if there's enough of us that get our hearts and our minds and everything in our lives right, if there's enough of us that get that way, then God's going to come back. Because that's what they were looking for. They were looking for the exact same thing we're looking for. We're looking for God to come back, are we not? I won't have to mow my yard again. I won't have to deal with the junk at work. I won't have to deal with the thoughts that are bombarding my mind. They're looking and they're saying, okay, what can we do to make this thing happen? And today, we look at it, we get the same mental image of it. It's a joke. And we pray. We pray with people in church, don't we? We get excited about people getting baptized. And we'll, you know, we'll do the thing after, and I'm not saying nothing. God bless. It's part of the plan of salvation. We're going to talk about it next week. Y'all come back next week. We'll be talking about baptism. And we'll get somebody down here that's, that's seeking after the Holy Ghost. And I mean, boy, the church will unite and get around that person, and you'll be shaking them and, and all that good stuff, right? Because you're like, yeah, just get it, just get it, just get it. Because it's a high, right, that you get from it. But have you ever wondered or considered why we have to fight for the Holy Ghost for so long. Because before we get baptized, the commandment is repent. And it's not a one-time deal, neither. I die daily. Oh, God, and I do. Don't you? I die daily to the things that are coming against me, that are fighting me. And if we don't emphasize how important repentance is, they're going to sit there and fight with it and wonder, why am I not getting the Holy Ghost? It was supposed to be a promise, right? It's supposed to be a gift, something that God gives me freely. But we don't realize, oh, I never really got all that trash out of my heart. I didn't. And God's not going to come in when there's junk. He's just not. He won't do it. It's a wedge. The trash that we allow in, allow to affect our heart and hurt us. And that we retain there because they're never going to do that to me again. Or I was right. I was right in what I did. No. No, baby. You weren't. And I have to realize that every time I look back on something, I was just talking to, to Bishop about this the other day. When you look back on things in your life, especially after some time has passed, you go, oh, God, could I have handled that different? 
Is there something else that I could have done where it would have changed the situation in some way? Because you see the outcomes of things in your life and you're like, God, that's not what I wanted. It's just not what I wanted. And you can hold that hurt. And when you hold that hurt, that's worse than, than, than smoking. Yeah, it stinks to give up smoking. I can attest. But it's so much harder to give up a hurt that's, that's in your heart that you just won't let go of. Because they did me wrong, and they this, and they that, and they what a blah 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 And yet, that's what Jesus is saying here. In my mind, he says, I came for the ones that needed a doctor, the ones that needed help. Not those that are righteous already. If they weren't smart enough to figure that out, he was, he was calling them out. Y'all think y'all are ready in a place where you don't need it no more. And please hear me. I'm not saying this out of malice or hurt or nothing else. I promise I'm not. I'm not. But God hit me with it so strong. Those people are in a better place. Because at least they realize how low they are and how bad the situation is, and they're ready and willing to accept God because why do you think it's in different countries in the Philippines? Because they got nothing. They got nothing. They don't have a good job that they can go to and and make $50,000 thousand a year. They don't got a nice house. They don't got food that they can, that they, they don't got a car. They walk to where they got nothing. And you wonder why God shows miracles in those places. Why there's thousands upon thousands of people that are accepting the plan of salvation and, and it looks like revival is just blowing up everywhere. Because they're not, they've not convinced themselves that they've hit in the upper echelon of whatever it is that we're supposed to hit. Stand with me. I'm going I'm to run through. I know I wasn't going to get to even half of it today. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Whenever we believe that we're in a place where we don't think that we need to repent, we don't think we need God, we are in the place where we need it most. Straight up, plain and simple. They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous. If you're righteous, if you're a big shot and you just, you, well, you're beyond God at that point. I'm not. My God, I need him every single day. I need him more and more. As each, as each day progresses, I need God more. And I try to search myself more and more and more to say, God, if there's something that's, that's hindering me, that's keeping me between you, anything, take it away. Help me to get rid of it. Plain and simple, we need to repent. I think it was Paul, he said, yeah, Paul. After announcing the the universal nature of the command to repent, Paul informed those who heard him that God had appointed a day in the which he will judge the world. It's Acts 17. That's hashtag the end is not. It's the same thing 
that the world's made a joke of, but it's true. And I'm happy, y'all. I'm so happy that y'all are quiet because I think you get it. It's coming. It's not a joke. And even if you're good, like, you're good. Not You're pretending Pharisee to be good, but you're good. I love God. I check myself. I know I try, to, I try to keep that stuff out of my heart. Do you have family that's not? Because it's still coming. It's still coming. One way or the other. No man knows the day or the hour. We don't know when it's going to happen. We got to repent. And it's not a feel bad about your life and go sit in the corner and think about what you've done. It's more than a control mechanism, too, that's going to put you in a subservient place where somebody is, is manipulating you like a puppet. That's not what it's about. Because we can feel that way when we hear this stuff. And so can other people. They're just trying to manipulate me. They just want me to go to church. They just want me to pay tithes. They just want me this, that, and the other. We put so much trash around what God says that we no longer value the core truth of it because we look at all the other angles of it. I'm not worried about what somebody else is going to do with the Word of God. That's why I read the Bible by myself. And if somebody tells me something, if I've said something wrong or stupid today, call me out on it. Please, help me. Because if I don't understand it, then I'm living by that, right? And I'm living by an incomplete truth or some, something I conjured up in my mind to make it okay for me. I don't want that. I want God's truth. All the other stuff, all the other trash, pardon, pardon me for calling it that, but all the other trash in this life, I'm not worried about. When it comes down to brass tacks, I want to go to heaven. And I want my family to go to heaven. All the people that I love and that God's blessed me enough to become a part of my life that I would know. That's what it's all. The rest of it, the rest of it's gravy, baby. Whoever I can reach, whoever I can help, if I can do something to help somebody, that's extra. But as far as my baseline goes, I'm going to heaven. As for me and my house, and if I got to repent every five minutes of my life, and if I got to, help me, Jesus, if I got to suck up my pride, Pastor West, if I got to suck up my pride, because, oh God, I have to do it, it feels like all the time. If I got to suck it up one more time in my life and tell somebody that I know isn't sorry and doesn't care and doesn't love me anyway because that's what they've shown me, even if I got to feel like I'm groveling and say, you know what? I love you and I forgive you. And if I mean it, that's where it's at because that's the kind of stuff that's going to hold me back from my baseline of what I, what I need to do. I don't care. God help me. I don't care if I get another raise, another promotion. I don't care if I get another title. I don't care if I get that new car that I want. None of it matters if I'm not going to heaven. Because that's, that's, that's it. When you boil it down, I love God and I want to be with him and I want to be in heaven. And I want the people that I love most dear to me to be in heaven. I want y'all to be in heaven. You get that? You get that I love you? I want you to be there. But if, you're, if we're holding anything, even if, it was, even if it was not your fault, baby, if it was not your fault, let it go and let it go today. Okay? Let it go today. Because the end is nigh. 
no matter how people want to twist or contort it or whatever else they want to say, even if Jesus doesn't break open the sky riding on a horse tomorrow, you could die tomorrow. I could die tomorrow. You never know. Make it right with God. Do you hear me? Please. Because I love you. Not because I want to control you. Not because of any of that stuff. And once you've done it, go tell somebody else to do it. Repent. It's important. Pray with me. God, we love you. God, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the, for the opportunity, God, for the blessing to be in your house. God, help us to truly search our minds and our hearts. God, help us, Lord Jesus, to not allow anything, God, no matter what it is, to come in between us. God, to come in between me and you, God. I just want to see you, Lord. I love you, and I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for the things that you've done. I thank you, God, for the things you're doing now. God, and I thank you for the things that you're going to do in the future. Oh, God, I give you praise, God, and honor and glory today. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. God, I ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Can you raise your hands just for a moment? I promise I'm not going to drag it out, but just raise your hands and tell God you love him. Can you tell him you love him for real from your heart? Can you tell him that you love him? And if that there's anything, if there's anything that's holding, if there's anything that's creating a wedge between you and him, no matter what it is, no matter what you got to suck up, no matter what you got to deal with, if there's anything that's there to show it to you, to let you realize it, and then it's you, it's, hear me today, it's on you to move it. It's not on God, it's on us to move it. We got to move those things out so we can let God in. God, help me to remove anything, Lord, in my life that's not pleasing to you, anything. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. God, I give you glory today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You've heard it. Jesus, I See, you, you have heard. Yeah, I say you have heard, and you know. Do not hold, do not separate from me because I love you. Do not continue to hold things in your heart that separate you from me. I love you. Oh, shut up, Makasi. See, I love you, saith the Lord. I love you.
Today, y'all. Today is the day of salvation. I'm not going to, I'm not going to delay it. But I've fought it my life. Can I be honest with you? I've fought it my whole life, church. Just a, just a bunch of stuck up people that think they're better than everybody else. I associate with John. I'm, I'm, I don't care about this stuff. Just go out away from everybody else, and if somebody wants to hear it, let them come. Let them come to it because the people that are willing to put in a little bit of effort, the people that are willing to put in effort, they're going to get what they're going after. We got to put in, I know you do, I know you come to church. God, God bless us for it. But there's so many people that go to church every Sunday and they don't, they don't leave any different. Their heart, their life's not been changed. They go back to the same thing they've been doing on a Monday morning and they wonder why it's all just horrible. I want what God has for me. I do. I want what God has for me. And if it's good, if it's bad, if it's somewhere in between, I'll take it because it's what God has for me. Clap your hands to the Lord this morning. Take a quick break. We'll come right back. We're going to have our evangelistic service. Lord bless you. find a way I'm searching and seeking for someone to say that it's alright and it's okay like I know you care that it's alright and it's okay 